Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. Gloria a Dios. I just want to thank all of you guys. If you guys went to the table in the lobby and signed up to sponsor a child at Open Arms, thank you from the bottom of my heart for fighting with us to keep families together. Well, in this session, we're going to continue to talk about the story of Rebecca. But before we do that, can all of you guys just stand? Stand with me. You're not going to fall asleep on me, right, after eating? and Okay. Can you get with one person right at your table? Look at them in the eyes. Hold, hold one of their hands. And you guys are just going to breathe together. You're just going to be like, but, you know, like, don't let the, the onion come out of your mouth, you know. It, it's got to come through your nose. You got to breathe in through your nose. Breathe out through your nose. Exhale, inhale, exhale. We're at the Breathe Conference, right? We have, we have um, breath in our lungs because Jesus still wants us here today. We have breath in our lungs and we can breathe because God still has a purpose and a plan for our lives. And we are going to go all in with what he has for us. So let's just breathe together as like a breath of gratitude. Thank you, God, for the breath in my lungs. Now say to the person right next to you, say, God is more than enough. And then you're going to say, God is more than enough. So that means that you are more than enough. Maybe you came here today and you're just like, you know what, I'm just no, I'm not good at anything. I'm just no good. I'm not useful. But God says that you are more than enough for what Jesus did on that cross. And what he did on that cross is more than enough for all of us. Praise God. Let's give him a shout of praise. Gloria a Dios. Go ahead and take your seat. So this afternoon, we're going to go back to the story of Rebecca. You guys might see these buckets in front of me. I know they're kind of obnoxious, but um, during this session, you're going to kind of see what they, what they mean. And we're going to go back to the middle of the story of Rebecca. So this morning, we kind of talked about the beginning of her story, or really Eliezer's story of, of finding that calling to go and find a wife for Isaac. And we read the end of Rebecca's story of how she was willing to go, how she was willing to go all in for the plans that God had for her life. But today in this session, we're going to go to the middle of her story, and we're going to see how she was not only a woman willing and ready to go all in, she was a woman willing to go the extra mile. And so we're going to start with in Genesis 24, verses 12 to 20. The word of the Lord says, O Lord God, my master Abraham, he prayed. This is Eliezer talking. Please give me success today and show unfailing love to my master Abraham. See, I am standing here beside this spring, and the young women of the town are coming out to draw water. This is my request. I will ask one of them, please give me a drink from your jug. If she says, yes, have a drink, and I will water your camels too, let her be the one that you have selected as Isaac's wife. This is how I will know that you have shown unfailing love to my master. Before he had finished praying, he saw a young woman named Rebecca coming out with her water jug on her shoulder. 
She was the daughter of Bethuel, who was the son of Abraham's brother, Nor, and his wife, Milcah. Rebecca was very beautiful and old enough to be married, but she was still a virgin. She went down to the spring, filled her jug, and came up again. Running over to her, the servant said, Please give me a drink of water from your jug. Yes, my lord, she answered. Have a drink. And she quickly lowered her jug from her shoulder and gave him a drink. When she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too until they have enough to drink. So she quickly emptied her jar into the watering trough and ran back to the well to draw water for all of his camels. Now, has, everyone, has anyone ever gone totally above and beyond their call of duty for you? I don't know uh, about you, but when my husband washes the dishes, praise God for men who wash the dishes, right? Um, he, he not only washes the dishes, he cleans the whole entire kitchen. He goes above and beyond. He goes the extra mile. It's just getting him to actually wash the dishes, right? But when he does it, I'm like, oh, praise the Lord. Like the whole kitchen is going to get clean because that's just his personality. He's going to go the extra mile. Or maybe you've had COVID and we're sick and we had COVID about six months ago and people would bring us food on our doorstep because we couldn't cook. And honestly, my daughter, Samaria, she took care of us. She's like the best cook in the house. I mean, she beats me far better. She, she's got the Mexican genes of cooking. Um, she went above and beyond and took care of us when we couldn't, we had so much fatigue, we couldn't even get out of bed to barely go to the bathroom, right? But there you are, that you have these times in your life where someone goes out of their way to do something above and beyond, going the extra mile for you. Well, we see here that Rebecca went above and beyond her call of duty in that moment, that day that she went out to the well. Eliezer embarks on his journey with a large caravan, leaving Abraham with 10 camels and everything that he's taking to go on this search for a wife for Isaac. Now, he had a difficult job. Remember, he had to find a virgin girl from the land that Abraham came from. She had to leave her homeland, leave her family, and go with a stranger to go marry someone she had never even seen. But God had a plan and a woman destined for Isaac. How many times in our life has the possibility of something look somewhat impossible? Sometimes it seems like everything is going against us, that the road ahead of us sometimes just seems too hard. And I think that Eliezer probably thought that same thing, like this is just going to be such a difficult journey. How am I going to really know that she is the one? But ladies, we serve a God of the impossible. Yeah. If, if he could come through for Eliezer thousands of years ago, the word says that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And whatever impossible situation that you may be going through, there is nothing impossible for our Lord Jesus Christ. He is here with us, and he wants to do not something just in us, but he wants to do something through us, and he wants to do something for us. Amen? Amen? So here we see God move in a supernatural way to bring this woman to the well and give Eliezer a drink and his camels too. You know, we see Eliezer pray this specific prayer he's praying to God. He's like, 
We, I want to know who this woman is going to be. May she give me a drink and my camels, which was like a very big ask of him, of God. But he prayed this specific prayer that God answered. I don't know about you, but I've prayed many specific prayers in my life where I needed God to come through. When we had one dollar, I was like, God, we need a sign that this is what you want us to do. And he came through. When we started our second campus in Kamaloo, we um, were trying to raise a fundraiser of $100,000 in 100 days. And we said, God, we believe that you can raise $100,000 in 100 days so that we can begin our second campus. God, will you move in the hearts of churches to invite us to speak? Will you move in the hearts of our donors to give generously and to glory, all the glory to God in 46 days, $100,000 was raised and our second campus began. But there's even more of a powerful story that I'm going to tell you about our third campus. One day, um, we were just, you know, working norm normal work day and this couple shows up at our offices in our campus in Kamaloo, which is about four to five hours south of San Diego. And it was a Mexican couple and they said, hey, we've heard about what you guys are doing for the children of Mexico. They said, we have a property about an hour south of here, and we've always wanted to do a ministry to keep kids off the streets, to keep kids out of orphanages. They said, you see, in 2004, we were living in Tijuana, and we had to go to work, and we locked our daughters in our home, and our house burned down, and we lost our daughters in the house fire. And me and my husband, we look at each other, and we're like, this can't be the story that we heard when we were start going to start open arms. Like, it can't be them. Like, there's no way. Like, how, how could they have found us? And they show us the newspaper article of what had happened. And this couple, 13, 14 years later, is sitting in our offices where we've told groups and churches one of the reasons why we opened open arms is because we heard of a family who locked their girls in their house and their house burned down and they're sitting in my office saying, we want you to build an open arms on our property. Amen. Like this is only a story that God can do. It's only a story of the impossible, the God of the impossible to redeem this family, to redeem their story. We can't bring back those children, but we can save other children from ever having to go through what they went through. And as we start talking and they're like, you know, we don't have the resources, we don't have the people, we don't have the groups to come down and build. We're willing to give you our property if you promise to do, uh, make an open arms on our property. And so we started praying and I started praying specifically like Eliezer did for, for that woman to be Isaac's wife. And I said, God, you know, this sounds like a good idea, like free property to build another childcare center in a very needy community. But if, you, if this is not a God idea, I don't want to have any part of it. Because sometimes God will give us good ideas. But sometimes those ideas are to distract us from what he really wants us to do. And so we need to specifically pray and we need to say, God, if this is your idea, I said, God, if this is your idea, I need another sign. Just when we had $1, I need another sign that this is what we're supposed to do, that this is where we're supposed to walk. And so we get in the car, me and my husband, we get in the car and we go with them to their property. This is now after several meetings with them and we 
pull up to the property and we get out. I don't know if you guys have the picture of the property of Los Pinos, but right in front of the property, I look just to the other side of the street and there's a store called Abarrotes Heidi, like which means Heidi's store. I know we have that picture. Okay, I'm German. Okay, my name is very, very uncommon in Mexico. Um, and so there is my, the store spelled exactly like my name. I think we have a picture media team to show this because it's, it's just crazy that there's going to be a store right there. There we go. Abarrotes Heidi. But not only that, I'm asking for God for a sign, right? I look just a little down the street right next to this store and there's hardware store Danny. Like God, God wrote our names, Heidi and Daniel in the signs of the store. When I'm asking for God, God for a sign, there we are right in the signs of the store. I'm like, all right, God, I'm listening. We're gonna start our third campus in Los Pinos. We weren't ready, we didn't have the money, we didn't, we didn't know how we were gonna start a third campus, let alone keep two campuses alive. But when God gives you a God-sized dream, he fulfills and gives you the resources that you need to fulfill it. When you guys are ready to go all in and go the extra mile with Jesus, he is there every step of the way. If he's done it with me, he will do it with you. Amen? Amen. So let's go back to Rebecca. The confirmation that Rebecca was to be the wife, not was not just in her beauty. Eliezer prayed that the wife of Isaac would be the one that went the extra mile, the one that would not just give him a drink, but his 10 camels also. The act of attending him and his camels was, was key because giving water to his camels and all of the caravan was not an easy task. Do you guys know how much a camel drinks? Like, they drink a lot of water. This woman would not be just an ordinary woman, too busy to go along her day, to step out of the way to help a stranger. No, this would be a woman that was all in, a woman that went the extra mile even when she didn't know who this man was. You know, there's going to be times in our lives where we're asked to go the extra mile to make the extra effort, to go above and beyond what we're even called to do. Our testimony and witness to Christ to others depends on that matter. Many times we must do more than we are expected to do, and this will put yourself into a position of blessing like it did for Rebecca. You know, why should we go the extra mile? Why should we go above and beyond, even you know when we're not asked to do so? But today I'm gonna to give you three reasons why we should go the extra mile in the things of the kingdom. We are all called, no matter what our occupation is, whether you work in the marketplace, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whether you work in ministry, we are all called to make Jesus' last command our first priority. And so we are then called to go the extra mile. And so point number one is we can't walk the second mile until we walk the first. We can't go the second mile until we've done the work in the first mile. We see Eliezer embark on his journey. He has a 
huge caravan, his 10 camels laden with valuable gifts. He has a difficult job to find a woman. Remember, you know, he has to con convince her to leave the homeland and, and go a long distance. But we see him pray, and we, he stops and prays. In verse 12, he begins his prayer when he says, Oh, Lord, God of my master Abraham, he prayed, please give me success today and show unfailing love to my master Abraham. He prayed that the woman that God would chose, he prayed for the woman that God would choose for Isaac. And according to Middle Eastern hospitality, it was very common for the women to come out in the end of the day and wait in line for the well and take their jug and their jar back home with them. And if a stranger had come tra traveling through, it was very custom for the, if they were asked to give water to the man. And so we see uh, Rebecca here give water to the man. She did what was custom and she went the first mile. She replies to him in verse 18 and says, yes, my Lord. She answered, have a drink. And she quickly lowered her jug from her shoulder and gave him a drink. And so we saw, we see Rebecca do what is custom and going the first mile and gave him a drink. You know, sometimes we can think about it for ourselves and how this applies to us. And this applies to us because many people want to do great things for God without having to do little things for God. I need to say it for the people in the back. Yeah. Many times we want to do great things for God, but we don't want to do the little things for God. We have to do a good job, be good stewards, stewards with what we have, with our leaders, with our pastors, with what they have given us before we can do an excellent job of where we want to be. We can't skip the first mile. If we haven't done a good job right here, right where we are, we will never be ready to go the second mile into where you actually want to be. Sometimes, I don't know about you, but I've done this for sure, and you look at someone and you're like, oh, I could do that better than her. <laughs> if I were in her shoes, I would do this and this and this and this, but honestly, we can't say that. Because we don't know the stress and the responsibilities and the, and the questions and the work and all of the decisions behind the decision that you actually see in front. Right. We, can't we can't walk in that other person's shoes and comparing and saying and judging, really, oh, I could do a better job than her. Lord, forgive me, because I've done that. I've done that. I, I mean, am I the only one here? No, we, we've all done that, right? We're girls. We're women. But we don't really know. We don't really know why people make the decisions because we are not them and we are not in that position. And God will never put you in that position if you're criticizing the decisions that they are making. So the problem is not in the work or the place. It's in us and how God wants to use us. But we have to go the first mile first before we can go to that next level. When I worked at that orphanage 18 years ago, I was a house mom of seven little boys, and um, my littlest boy had grown up and was now going into preschool, and so I didn't have a baby in the house. And so in the mornings while they were in preschool, I would do just little odd jobs, sometimes in the office, sometimes working in the group, sometimes running errands. And the director of the orphanage one day said, hey, Heidi, can you 
run to the kitchen, we have a cockroach infest. <laughs> I said, okay. Um, and he's like, I need you to pull out all the boxes of the fruits and the vegetables, and I need you to kill all of the cockroaches. And that day I had a skirt on and nice shoes. And I'm like, all right, God. And so I start pulling these boxes out. And sorry, I know we just ate, but the cockroaches went everywhere. And I'm see, here I am, like, how am I supposed to kill them all with, like, this spray? And I'm here stepping on and stomping on all of these cockroaches all over. And I, like, have a tantrum. I have a tantrum with God in that moment. Like, I have two daughters, and I know what tantrums look like. And believe me, I gave the biggest tantrum of them all. I'm like, God, you sent me from the United States. I gave up everything for you. I gave up my car. I gave up my boyfriend. I gave up my family to come here and kill cockroaches. God, are, are, are you serious? Like, this, like, use my Spanish. Use me. Do whatever you want. But this is not living God's will. <laughs> and he was pretty quiet and all I heard his voice say was like, you said you would do anything for my kingdom. I need you to do this first before you can go and do the next thing. Well, that tantrum quit real fast. I'm like, for the glory of God. <laughs> Gloria a Dios. I was praying for myself, really, that I wouldn't throw up, but I'm here today and able to do this today because I killed cockroaches 18 years ago. I didn't know I was preparing to be a speaker or a pastor or to have multiple campuses or even to start my first one, but we have to be faithful in the first mile before we can even think about walking the second mile. Point number two, extra blessings come from extra effort. In verse 19 and 20, it says, when she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too until they've had enough to drink. So she quickly emptied her jar into the watering trough and ran. Can you say ran with me? And ran back to the well to draw water for all of his camels. Rebecca ran to the well with her jug on her shoulder to feed 10 camels. One camel can drink all seven of these buckets. One camel. One camel can drink, this is five gallons. One camel can drink six to seven gallons in 10 minutes. So if you do your math, don't worry, I did it for you. Uh, she was there an hour and a half to two hours feeding the camels. So she had to get her bucket. All the other ladies were there also waiting to get water for their families. She goes to the well. She waits her turn in line. She gets the water. She takes it to the camel, takes him about 10 minutes to drink this, goes back again, waits in line, more. And the Bible says what? She walked, she skipped, she ran, she ran. She's running to do this job for a stranger. 
that she has never seen, that she's never met, that she has no idea if she's even going to get a reward while she's doing it. But she's doing it because she was a woman that went the extra mile. She was doing it because she knew that she served a God that was more than enough. And she ran as she did it. This is just one camel, guys. Uh, one more bucket. She ran. I'm already tired. These heels don't help. I don't think she had heels on, praise God. That's one camel. One camel. There was 10 camels that she had to give water. She did it over and over and over again. And I'm out of breath. I only fed one camel. <laughs> Rebecca promised not only to help this unknown man, but also his animals. She did much more than she was asked for. How many of us would volunteer two hours after a long day to help a stranger? One hand, two hands. Very, very few of us, honestly. Like, let's just be honest, like we can be real. It wouldn't be our first priority to spend two extra hours to help a stranger. Many people actually wanna do the minimum amount of work hoping to receive the maximum possible benefit. Many times we want the maximum return for the minimum effort. Or we will do it knowing that there's a good reward ahead. But Rebecca didn't know the blessing that was going to come to her when she decided to go the mile extra. When God opens the door so that you can make a difference, make a difference. Go the extra mile and shine your light to all that can see. Rebecca didn't know that that day she would seal her destiny and that her life would completely change. She didn't know she was going to find her future husband. She didn't know that giving Elias her a drink and the camels too would, would, would give her something in return. She was just a simple woman that went out of her way to help a stranger. She was someone who went the extra mile, who was all in for what God wanted to do in her life. You know, I don't know if you're single, if you're married, if you work at home or work out in the marketplace, if you're a student or if you're a server here at this church, be faithful where you are. Don't just go the first mile, but go the second mile too. Do things that no one asks you to do. See the need in your home. See the need in your work. See the need in your church and be the hands and feet of Jesus to fulfill that hole in that area. It doesn't matter if anybody sees you. It doesn't matter if anyone gives you a thank you. You're not doing it for man, but you're doing it for God. And so when we do something for God, we are able to go the extra mile because he's already given us enough to do it. He's given us enough time. He's given us enough strength. He's given us enough resources even to help others. Amen? Point number three. Going the extra mile seals your destiny. In verse 19, she says, when she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too until they have had enough to drink. 
Rebecca didn't know at that time that Eliezer had prayed a specific prayer that that would actually be the response for the woman that was going to marry Isaac. Rebecca did not know that she was going to walk right into her destiny when she went the extra mile to water those camels. She didn't realize that that action would determine the rest of her life, that it was actually going to seal her fate, that she would become, become the great, 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 ta -ta 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 abuela, abuela, grandma of the Messiah. She didn't know that. But she decided to go the extra mile right where she was. Just think about it. When she went that extra mile in that very moment, something clicked in the plans of God. And it became part of God's plan for salvation for me and for you. Our decisions today can affect generations to come. Rebecca made that decision and it has affected us today because through her lineage, Jesus Christ came to this earth. And that's the, the essence of this story. Rebecca didn't know what was going to happen. The same thing happens when we go further in the spirit. When we become part of the chain of events that lead to the salvation of others. Giving 35 gallons of water to each camel and running while she was doing it. But in the end, it was all worth it. She sealed her destiny and she even helped us seal our destiny because she was a woman willing to go all in. My hope this week is whether you're at work or school or in your home and someone asks you, can I have a drink of water? You can say, sure, and I'll give water to your camels too. Or maybe in our language, it would be, hey, will you do me a favor? And you'd be like, sure, what else do you need? How else can I help you? Going the extra mile seals your destiny and God's plan for your life and for others. Don't forget that those around you need you to do God's plan and purpose. If you're not living out your calling or your destiny, others are losing out. If you only want the maximum return for the minimum effort, then our light is going to be really dim. I want to close with this. <coughs> Just want to remind you, we can't walk the second mile until we walk the first. Many times we want leadership style like an elevator instead of stairs. We want to push a button and we want to get in the elevator and quickly we want to rise to where we want to be. Thank you, Pastor Lori. But really that's not how it works because we're going to skip out on all the steps on the way. We're going to skip out on going the first mile because our eyes are only on the finish line. But there's a process that God wants to do in our lives as we're walking the first mile. We have to take the stairs. We have to put in the work. We can't just put in a button and want to get into an elevator and go up fast to where we want to be. We have to climb one day at a time. Blood 
sweat, and tears. Remember that extra blessings come from extra effort. And going the extra mile seals your destiny. I want to remind you, don't forget to go that extra mile. You don't know what will lie ahead of you. What if we form a culture in our families and in our church of people who go the extra mile, of people who go all in and chase after what God has for us? What if we become a people that go above and beyond, that we decide to let our light shine to the lost and to the needy, where we stand up and fight to keep families together, where we stand up and fight for children, for widows, for orphans? where we become like a Rebecca of our day. Today I invite you to stand and be a Rebecca. Be a Rebecca that goes the extra mile. Be a Rebecca that does more than what you are asked to do. Be a Rebecca that lets her light shine and ushers the presence of Jesus into your family's life, into your work life, into, into your children's life, in, this, in your school life. Be a Rebecca that makes a change and stands up and wants to do more even when you, you don't expect anything in return. Rebecca didn't know when she said the phrase, I will give you water and your camels too, would actually seal her destiny. It would change her life forever. God does not despise small beginnings. I killed cockroaches. We started our ministry with one dollar. God can use anything when we say yes to him. God can use your life if you're just willing to step out of your comfort zone. If we're just willing to say, God, here I am. God, I don't know what you want to do in my life. I don't know how I can be a blessing to others, but God, here I am. Will you use me? I want to be a Rebecca. Let's all decide to go all in to his plans. Let's all decide to go the extra mile so other people can hear the word of God. Will you guys stand with me? Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.